Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome into another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's Anthony Pagnata with you guys as always, and we are officially, you know, just a little past draft season now, two weeks removed from the first round of the NFL draft. And a guy that I know you're probably wondering why we haven't talked to just yet is our friend, a guy that has been coming on the show for the last few years when it's come NFL draft time, Daniel Parlagreco. But he is checking in with us today, fresh off a trip to the Outer Banks, but of course, of course, he, uh, he, he beat everybody before uh, they ran out of gas in this area. But, uh, Daniel, uh, I know uh, you know it's, it's past the crazy time of year. You got your little vacation in. How's everything going, man? It's going good, man. It's, uh, it's been a crazy few months, as I'm sure it is for everybody. And, of course, it's been a crazy year. But, uh, yeah, excited. I think, uh, I think you got some good players down there. And, uh Carolina that got drafted by some good NFL teams so it's uh it's going to be exciting football season maybe we'll have somewhat of a normal season this year yeah well let's hope so and you know some of our guys as you mentioned going to some really good destinations and it really started in the second round when Javante Williams gets taken off the board um really liked where where he's headed for him uh in Denver uh he's going to be you know a, a backup probably to Melvin Gordon, but it looks like he's going to have a a chance to earn a pretty solid role there, basically take over for the role that Philip Lindsay leaves behind. You know, first of all, what did you think about where he was drafted uh, in terms of, you know, second round, uh, 35th overall in in that area? And uh, what do you think about his fit going to Denver? 
Yeah, I really, really like the player, of course, Javante Williams. I was not expecting him, to be honest. I wasn't expecting him to go that high. Um, but I, I love the player. I think, you know, the Broncos were drafting him based on uh, based on potential because he's a guy that uh, really his best years are ahead of him. I think he could be a really good complement, like you said there, Melvin Gordon, kind of a different type of back, uh, more of a north-south runner, um, you know, gives you that three-down versatility. Um, I don't hate the pick for the Broncos in the second round. I had him more as a, you know, a third, fourth-round guy. But I I think he's going to be a really good player. He's going to be kind of that short yardage back. I can see him filling in there. I mean, the guy is just an absolute bulldozer. So he's going to be a nice compliment, like I said. And uh, the Broncos are going to have themselves a nice running back committee there. Well, what about his teammate, Michael Carter, who was in the backfield with them a year ago? He ends up going to the Jets, believe it or not, even though they put up the wrong Michael Carter originally on ESPN when he was picked. Uh, they, of course, later took the other Michael Carter, so they figured everything out there and got both of them. But, uh, you know, he, he lands with the Jets, and it feels like this is a pretty good situation for him as well. It's not going to put too much pressure on him out of the gate, but I think it's also a place where he's going to be able to, you know, sort of establish an early role if he can come out and play well. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you mentioned, they had a really good one-two punch there. And I think Carter, uh, where he was picked, I had him exactly where he went. I kind of had him as a late fourth, early fifth-round guy. Um, you know, could give the Jets the dynamic return specialist. If they choose to use him there immediately, he could be a really good change of back, a change of pace back. Even though, you know, he's a little undersized, but I mean, the guy is, you guys know, I mean, he's physical. I mean, he's going to fight for everything. He's going to maximize his, his frame the best he can. Um, going to give you some change of direction, agility, shiftiness, the, the way he can play east-west or north-south is going to kind of add a nice, uh, a nice little uh, change of pace type of runner to the Jets' backfield. Yeah, and then you look at Diami Brown, and I think when you look at the situations that these guys landed in, this might be the best overall situation. Uh, you know, he goes to Washington in the third round, uh, 82nd pick. Uh, I think there were some people that were thinking he would go off the board a little bit earlier because he was sort of climbing some of those draft boards as it got later and later into the process. But, you know, Washington's a place where they've got Terry McLaurin, and then, you know, there's still some question marks outside of that. What did you think about where Deami Brown was taken off the board? Did you think that he slipped a little bit, or maybe that was the area that you had him? And, and, and what about his fit in Washington? Yeah, I lo- love everything you just said. As, similar to what you mentioned, I had him going earlier. You know, I'm surprised he lasted that long in the third round to the uh, to the Redskins. I had him as a an early second rounder, so I think they got great value there. And like you mentioned, I think immediately he's going to compete for one of those starting positions. Um, they got a good, you know, they got a, a very young receiving core there, the Redskins. So I think it's going to be kind of a nice opportunity for him to get snaps very, very quickly to compete for one of those starting spots. It's going to be a really good uh, quarterback-friendly target for Ryan Fitzpatrick there in, in the Redskins because it looks like he's going to be their starter immediately. So, you know, he's going to do all the things that you want him to do. Guy's savvy. Guy knows how to, uh, you know, run good routes. He's going to he's going to create openings at different levels of the defense. You know, he's not going to, as you know, he's not a dynamic athlete per se, but, I mean, the guy just does all the little things really, really well. So, um, you know, I think he's going to be a really, really good player. And I think, I mean, they couldn't ask for better value than what the Redskins got there in the third round. 
Well, the other guy that went in the third round, just a little bit before Diami, four picks before him actually, was Chad Surratt. He goes at number 78 overall. And, you know, I was talking with one of uh, my friends, the guy that co-hosts this podcast uh, in Josh Marlowe, and he said, you know, I don't really know how I like the fit in Minnesota. I think it's actually kind of a perfect fit for him. Um, you know, I, I was a little bit shocked that he went as high as he did. I thought with some of the numbers that we saw from him, he might slip into that 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 early part of day three. Um, but I think in Minnesota, behind guys like Eric Kendricks and uh, and Anthony Barr, who I think he's somewhat comparable to, I think that's a really good fit. And I think that the Vikings are going to be able to to know how to utilize him. Is that kind of how you feel as well? Yeah, exactly. I think he's gonna he's gonna be with a couple other players there that are gonna play very similarly to him. Um, as you mentioned, you know, I don't think the numbers tell the whole story with this guy as far as the pre draft workouts and things. Because I mean, if you look at if you look at him play on the field, I mean, the guy's all over the field. I think he's gonna be an awesome off ball linebacker, a guy that has natural ability, even though he's only been playing the position for a couple seasons or uh, you know has transitioned over. I mean, I mean, you can see right away by looking at him, he's picked up really, really quickly. So you can just imagine. A couple of years playing with those guys, um, learning that system. You know, perhaps you could say maybe there's a little bit of a log jam at off-ball linebacker. But I think at the same time, um, you know, it's going to put less pressure on him the first, you know, few games or even the first season. And uh, he's going to learn some good, valuable traits. He's going to get some good NFL coaching. And I would be shocked that this guy's not a starter by year two. Yeah, wow. I, I, I mean, I, I think uh, he did land in a situation that will allow him to do that. But, yeah, I, I, I think that, um, you know, there's some things that he probably has to clean up technique-wise. But I, but I think with some of the things that he said there, I think that he has a chance to be a really good NFL player. Um, then, you know, you move on to Daz Newsom, who goes in the sixth round. He lands in Chicago. Of course, most Tar Heel fans a little sour on Chicago as of right now with everything that happened with Mitch Trubisky and uh, you know it, it looks like you know this is this is a late round pick so you know the Bears probably aren't 100% sold on on keeping Daz Newsom as part of the roster if they feel like somebody outperforms him but it's another spot where there really aren't many proven options there outside of Allen Robinson I feel like there's still some opportunity there so I, I think you know as a sixth rounder landing there he's got some special teams value This might be an opportunity for Daz Newsome to make the roster if he can sort of clean up some of those issues that we saw with him at Carolina, mainly the drops. What do you think about his situation in Chicago? Yeah, I think it's a good opportunity for him. I think he said, you know, he's had one or two really good seasons there with with, uh, with the Tar Heels. I think, you know, he's going to be, he's he's got a very specific role, you know, as far as being mostly a slot re- slot receiver. But he can also, you know, he's he's had some really good snaps as a return specialist too. You know, he's uh, he's been impressive at times in the return game. You know, he's he's got very specific traits. I think that could show valuable, uh, could be a valuable commodity from the very get-go, you know, considering, um, you know, his ability to separate, his ability to work through routes, even his ability post-catch. And you think about the guy, I mean, he's dynamic with the ball in his hand. So um, I think if he has a good preseason, good training camp with the Bears, I think he could potentially, um, you know, not only win a roster spot, but perhaps maybe even get some snaps and even have some special teams ability to be an active guy in the roster each week. 
Well, Mitch Trubisky was the last first-round quarterback that went off the board for the Tar Heels. This is the last thing that I'll ask you just really quickly. When you look at Sam Howell as you look towards next year's draft, what kind of draft prospect do you think he could be? Is this a guy that you expect could go top 10? And, and, and the other thing is, do you think that teams are going to hold the fact that Mitch Trubisky was the last quarterback to come out of there and didn't have a lot of success? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think it really all depends on his his season this year, you know, his size. I mean, um, I know obviously that hasn't necessarily affected quarterbacks in the last couple of years, but um, he's going to have to have a good season. I think, of course, unfortunately, when you have a guy like Trubisky that was just a few years ago got drafted so high, of course, that could really uh, play very, very uh, – you know, negatively in the eyes of GMs and scouts, perhaps not having as much success. But at the same time, you have to look at each individual prospect individually. So it probably depends on individual uh, scouting departments, GMs, as far as what they see. But if the guy has another outstanding season, I mean, how could you not put him in that consideration? Yeah, and that's what we're expecting. He's a guy that comes in as a Heisman favorite, and it'll be interesting to see where he's at on draft boards throughout the season. Well, Daniel, you'll uh, you'll be writing about him. There'll be a few other guys that you'll probably be writing about as well. Toriel fans, make sure you check out his website, DTPDraftScout.com. Also, you can follow him on Twitter, DTPDraftScout on Twitter. Hey, Daniel, thanks for stopping by with us, man. You know it's always fun to talk to you. We love to checking in with you around NFL draft time. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't get you on before the draft this year, but thanks for coming on and, and you know giving us a little insight on where the guys landed we always like to do that as well so uh appreciate you stopping by and we'll talk to you again sometime around this time next year all right man awesome great to be on as always guys all right thank you all right, that is Daniel Parlagreco stopping by. Make sure you guys check out all his stuff. Again, it is DTPDraftScout.com if you want to check out all of his writing. He is going to start turning towards uh, the 2022 draft. A, a guy that you know has been on the show multiple times throughout the last couple of years. Great dude, great NFL draft writer. Um, gives more of the fan perspective, but he's he's grown. You know what he's done over the last couple of years. So great to see that, and always great having him on uh, to talk about the NFL draft. And in terms of uh, you know our website, HeelToughBlog.com, we've had you covered when it's come to the NFL draft uh, and everything in between. Of course, uh, the Tar Heels, all the guys landing in those destinations that we talked about. We gave you our breakdown of where they landed and their opportunities there. That's on the website of HeelToughBlog.com. Uh, also up there, plenty of great stuff. Uh, Recruiting-wise, we're going to have a lot, a lot of stuff being generated over the next next couple of weeks as we get prepared for June when everything gets lifted in terms of the recruiting dead period. Um, we we have you know a ton of great scouting reports on the website. Those are going to continue over the next few months uh, looking at some of the top prospects that the Tar Heels have in the 2021, 22, 23, 24. Uh, not quite the 2025 class just yet, but uh, those four classes uh, that we just talked about, the guys that played this past fall or this past spring, we will be going through and continuing those. There are a ton up there right now. Just finished up the ones this past weekend from the North Carolina High School Athletic Association State Championships. There are three up there uh, from this past weekend, so make sure you guys check those out, including one on Tar Heel commit Camaro Edmonds. He's a 
of course, going to join the team uh, in the summer. And, of course, we're going to have you covered on that front as well when it comes to the Tar Heels offseason. Any news that needs that, that is coming out uh, that needs updating, we will let you guys know uh, throughout the offseason. Of course, we have entered pretty much the summertime. So, uh, you'll, but around, uh, you know, within the next couple of weeks, you'll get that next crop of guys on campus. And then before you know it, we'll be around into that that August time uh, where we'll be bringing everybody back and getting ready for the 2021 season. So make sure you're keeping an eye uh, on everything at HeelToughBlog.com. Also, some great basketball writing up there from Josh. He's got some great articles that he's been putting up uh, e- even in the offseason. It's slowed down a little bit here uh, after the initial wave of craziness that, of course, saw Roy Williams' retirement, Hubert Davis hired as the head coach, and a couple of transfers landing with Carolina and going the opposite way. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll have you covered throughout the offseason. Josh will mostly keep you up to date on everything with that on the website, HeelToughBlog.com. That's a place where you can check out the podcast as well. You can check out the Heel Tough Blog podcast. There's a tab there. Uh, and the Four Corners podcast. That is the new version of the basketball podcast. Uh, it is still the same feed for anybody that was uh, listening to the Roy's Boys podcast. Everything was just deleted out of there. And uh, when the name change happened, changed it to Four Corners. So if you were subscribed to that RSS, feed, you are fine. It is still in your podcast library, but if you're new, make sure you check that out. You can do that on the website or any of the places where you listen to your podcast. And when you do so for both podcasts, make sure you rate and review and subscribe to them. Rating and reviewing helps us move up some of those rankings so that people that haven't found us just yet can find us. And then, of course, when you uh, subscribe to the podcast, that is for you so that everything goes straight into your podcast library. So when there is a new episode, you can listen to it right away whenever you want to. And lastly, we encourage you guys to follow follow us on social media. Of course, Facebook is the best place to follow us. We put everything on there. Same thing with the uh, w- with the Twitter account uh, as well, but uh, Facebook, a little bit more active on there. So uh, search us, Heel Tough Blog on Facebook. Make sure you like and follow. That's where all the articles, podcasts, Everything comes together right on that page. And then uh, the Twitter page, at HeelToughBlog on Twitter. Or you can follow us individually, me, at HTBAnthony on Twitter, and Josh, at HTBJosh. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. want to thank Daniel Parlagreco for stopping by. want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels! <laughs> <laughs>